Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus, dear friends. The part of God's word that we'll give our attention to today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. I want to start by going back for a minute to what we heard last week in our gospel. There Jesus told his disciples, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. When we hear those words, do we maybe think to ourselves, thank God that our reward in heaven is going to be great. Because it sounds like our life here on earth is going to be just the opposite. Now we know that we're blessed always, no matter what happens in this life. Because Jesus has forgiven our sins. He's given us His righteousness to call our own. He's promised us an eternal home in heaven. And that's enough. And no one, no thing, can ever take that away. But what does that mean for our lives right now? I mean, after hearing these words, Jesus' first disciples must have kind of wondered how God would use them. They must have wondered how God could even use them. The poor and persecuted, the meek, and the mourning, 
How could God use them in a world that's so hard and tough? A world that's so opposed to them at every step. What could they really accomplish in this world? What good could they really do? And so you can imagine how striking it must have been when in the very next breath, Jesus told them that they, the poor and persecuted, the meek and the mourning, were also the salt of the earth and the light of the whole world. They were the people that God Himself had chosen and called and formed and set apart in order to have a tremendous impact on this world, in order to serve a glorious purpose in their lives. And Jesus, of course, is not just talking to His first disciples here. He's talking to all believers. He's talking to you and me. And notice that He doesn't say, you might be salt and light. He doesn't wag His finger and say, you should be salt and light. He doesn't even say, I'm asking you to be salt and light. He says, you are. By virtue of your faith connection to Jesus, you are truly blessed in so many ways, not the least of which is that you are now salt and light in this world. And so as we sit at Jesus' feet today, we learn to be who God has made us. So let's start by looking at these pictures. Jesus says, first of all, that you are the salt of the earth. What exactly does he mean by that? Well, maybe one of the first things that comes to mind with salt is seasoning or flavor. You know, when I was in the army, there were always guys who would pack a little salt shaker when we were deployed for training because they knew how bad the food was going to taste. And a little salt goes a long way. In Jesus' day, without refrigerators, without freezers, salt was used for preservation, to keep food from spoiling. And so right away, we understand the importance of this function in this world. This world is a rotten place on account of sin. The Bible tells us that all people are by nature corrupt and spoiled. So much of what goes on in this world leaves a bad taste in people's mouths, and in our mouths too. The sin, the suffering that we see, the sorrow that people experience, and it's in the midst of all of that that God places His people, you and me, and says we are salt. We are the ones who are to season this world with the sweet truths of God's Word. To proclaim to people the solution that God has provided for sin. To tell people how even out of suffering, God can and does bring blessing. To share with people the comfort that God provides during times of sadness. A little salt doesn't immediately make everything better, but it goes a long way. It helps to preserve this world from becoming an even worse place. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That picture, of course, is a little bit different. Light dispels darkness. It guides people who are in darkness. And so again, we understand how important it is for us to function as light. The Bible says in so many places, 
that there is a deep darkness that hangs over this world and over every human heart by nature. And the evidence of that darkness is undeniable. I mean, proof of God's existence is clear to see in the creation around us. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. They shout that truth every day. And yet so many deny that or ignore it. Our own conscience testifies to that very same truth. And yet so many people live as if there were no God to whom they are accountable at all. God demonstrates his kindness and his love for the people of this world, unbelievers included, in all of the good things that he provides to us day after day. And yet so many people choose to worship the things rather than the one who gave them. And so, once again, God takes his people, plants us in the midst of that darkness, and sets us on this high hill to shine. Jesus says that our good deeds, our worship of God, our thankfulness to God, the love that we show to others, all of that serves to glorify God in this dark world. Our good works expose the works of darkness for what they are and point people to the source of true light and true life. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So how are we doing at that? Jesus knew that the temptation would always be there for us to sort of blend into this world rather than standing out. You know, when a family member or a friend or a co-worker is caught up in some sin or is contemplating some sin, do we speak up in order to try and preserve their faith or are we tempted to kind of keep quiet? Let them go their way. Do we stand out in this world by the example that we set? Do people taste a different flavor in our lives or in our words? Or do the people of this world not see or hear much of anything at all from God's people? Jesus says, if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. If as God's people we don't serve as salt in this world, then we are no longer the remedy that Jesus says we are. We're simply part of the problem, part of the decay. For that we need to repent, to lay our failures at the foot of the cross, where we find forgiveness in Jesus, and where we are empowered to go again and be in this world what God has made us. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. But then he reminds us, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light on a, la- a light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As God's people, it's not just our goal in this world to try and slow down the decay. We also want to overcome the darkness of unbelief with the light that we shine. We want to point out for people the path that leads to salvation. It's a great privilege. I mean, we know that by nature, 
we are no different than anyone else in this world. By nature, we were in the dark too. But as we heard in our lesson from Peter earlier, God in his grace has called us out of that darkness. He has enlightened our hearts and minds with his forgiving love in Jesus. And then he set us in place in this world to shine. And if we don't, who will? You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. What better way to thank God for that gift of grace than to simply be who God has made you? But Jesus warns us in these verses that there's another danger here as well. It's the trap that the Pharisees of his day fell into. You know, to a certain extent, those Pharisees served as salt here on earth. But with them, it was more like when the cap on the salt shaker comes loose and the whole bunch of it piles out on your food. That kind of salt's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. These Pharisees, to a certain extent, served as light in this world. But with them, it was more like that 5 a.m. wake-up call that you maybe got from your parents when you stayed out too late the night before. When the lights came on, they said, rise and shine, you're burning daylight. That's the kind of light that makes you want to pull the covers up over your head again. These Pharisees worked very hard to demonstrate what they believed was a God-pleasing life. They were quick to point out anyone who was not living in accord with God's Word and God's law. But they were doing it for all the wrong reasons. And more importantly, they were doing it with a heart that was all wrong. They were convinced that by their own righteousness, they could earn a place in God's kingdom. They were focused on arrogantly condemning anyone who broke God's law rather than trying to patiently and lovingly restore them. Their hearts weren't motivated by God's love for them and by God's love for all. Their hearts were filled with this self-righteous pride. And so Jesus says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a reminder that it's not just about being salt and light in this world. It's about being salt and light for the right reason and also in the right way. Our service as salt and light in this world is not what earns us a place in heaven. Only Jesus could do that, and he already has. Our service as salt and light in this world is not meant to glorify us or call attention to us. It's meant to glorify God and point people to him. Our service as salt and light in this world isn't meant to drive people to despair and away from God. It's meant to save them and bring them close. The key to understanding our role as salt and light in this world is to look at Jesus. He is the true salt of the earth, the true light of the world. Jesus says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus came to fulfill every one of God's commands 
to the very letter. Jesus served perfectly as salt and light in this world in everything that he said and in everything that he did. And he did that all for us. He did that for the whole world. Jesus' righteousness alone is acceptable to God. But through faith in Jesus, he gives us that righteousness call our own. And you see, that takes the pressure off as we go about our lives as salt and light. It's Jesus' saving work that has made us salt and light to begin with. His sacrifice on the cross has removed all of the darkness and decay of sin from our hearts. It's His saving love that leads us to obey God's commandments so that God's name might be glorified. It's Jesus' saving love that gives us the desire and the strength to keep on being salt and light in this world for the sake of those who are still in darkness. And everything we do as salt and light in this world, we do with gentleness and respect, just like Jesus did. We're quick to share the truth of God's Word, no matter the circumstances, no matter the audience, but always with love, just as Jesus did. Because we understand the purpose behind God making us what we are. God has made us salt and light so that we might show this world the beauty of His saving love. So that people might believe in Jesus as their Savior. So they they might live a blessed life according to God's will. And most of all, so that they might enjoy the eternal salvation that Jesus won for all. We're not always going to do it perfectly. We know that our righteousness is never going to measure up to God's standard. But Jesus does. And through faith in Him, that's what God sees when He looks at us. And so the key to being salt and light in this world is staying connected to our Savior Jesus. To rejoice every day in the impact that He has had on us by His perfect life and innocent death in our place. To rejoice also in knowing the impact that we can have on others as we share how Jesus lived, died, and rose again for them. And maybe it all seems like a little much. I mean, that we're supposed to be the salt of the whole earth and the light of the whole world, that's a pretty tall order. So maybe start by being the salt of your family, the salt of your friends, the light of your neighborhood, the light of your workplace. Through your seasoning, through your shining, God is going to call more people to be salt and light in this world and more darkness and decay is going to be driven out. And also keep in mind that through it all, what Jesus said last week is going to continue to be true. You are poor, persecuted, meek, and mourning. But you are also and always blessed. Because you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So be who God has made you and trust that God will bless you. Amen.
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.